0: Good afternoon, I'm Ryan King, one of the senior legal advisors at CESA
1: Labor, Detroit. Okay, I'm pilot, uh, like here. I'm also a senior legal advisor here in Victoria.
0: So today's topic is five things to boost your HR. And uh, the first topic is to sort out your employment contracts. Yes, Ryan. Uh, Obviously, I think we need
1: to start at the beginning. Having employees means having employment contracts. No employer should ever make the mistake of allowing someone to start working without a functioning employment contract. So I think uh, maybe you'll agree that we've encountered many employers where employees have been there for a month, two or three, and employment contracts are not in place. Or in some cases, even yes. So it is important that employers have employment contracts in place.
0: I think there's this misguided perception that although the basic conditions of the employment act applies, irrespective of whether there's an actual contract of employment in place or not, the importance of having very uh, well-drafted contracts is, is of absolute uh, empirical nature because contracts are not just the basic conditions of employment. Certain clauses relating to restraints of trade, uh, a conflict of interest, or aspects dealing with confidentiality of the employer are covered in that contract. And if you don't have a signed agreement, you can't enforce those clauses.
1: Yes, that's correct. I mean, uh, if you're only going to rely on the basic conditions of employment, unfortunately that will only favor the employee and the employer will be unable to enforce any form of uh, misconduct or discipline in the workplace if employment contracts are not in place. More especially, the things that you just mentioned, which are crucial to the survival of any business. I mean, confidential information, restraining your employees from stealing your customers, and all of those factors can only be in an employment contract. The basic conditions of Employment Act does not actually cover all those things. Although one can argue, well, employment law is there for that, but employment contracts are actually the most important thing that employer should have as a starting point in terms of their their HR functionality.
0: Absolutely, and the principles of the law of contract are applicable because if we haven't agreed, myself and my employer, regarding a particular clause, that closes them not in, uh, it's not going to be enforceable Yeah. the other party.
1: Yeah, right. I mean, employers, like I said in the beginning, that they make that mistake of having people employed without employment contracts. The issue then arises right when the employee refuses to then sign the employment contract uh, a month or two or even weeks into the employment relationship. And then you find the employer saying, but you know, I cannot have you here if you refuse to sign the employment contract. Like you said, then the basic conditions, teams that present being an employee, therefore you cannot just simply terminate their services.
0: Okay, so I think to ensure that you are covered, you're covered you properly, uh, ensure that you have contracts on all your staff and ensure that you are well protected, particularly when it comes to aspects of your business regarding confidentiality and similar clauses, uh, restraint of trade, if you are in a very specialized field. Yes, uh, it, is, it is actually important, like you said, for those that are specializing,
1: those that deal with quite a volume of clients or information. They have such uh, employment contract containing those specific clauses,
0: and it's absolutely important to continue to update those contracts. You know? I mean, often you find clients that have had employees that have been there for 20 years. I can tell you that the contract that they signed 20 years ago to what the law says now has changed substantially.
1: Yeah, no, the the law changes quite often. Maybe perhaps not as often as people, uh, or I think as as often as people don't think it does. So it is important that you update. Make sure that your contracts are fresh all the time. It is no use saying you signed an employment contract 20 years ago, like you said, because the law has changed significantly since then. So it is important that you, you know, update your employment contracts, your disciplinary codes, and all of those terms and conditions of employment that you had then. Make sure that they are relevant today.
0: So there's our first tip for today. It's going to be ensuring that your contracts of employment are up-to-date and current. The next one we're going to discuss is backing up data and files. This is a problem, man.
1: You know, this is a serious problem, right? uh, I mean, we can personally speak from our own experiences where employers have lost some documents, warnings in our case, perhaps, where then they say this employee had this warning but the warning is no longer there or they cannot find it. It is important that uh, employers actually use a cloud-based system where they can back up their information. Yes, you can still have hard copies in your office or wherever you are storing them. But a a cloud sort of storage ensures that you always have them at a tip of your fingertips in terms of always having access to them wherever you want to. I mean, they can go missing. They can be... Natural disaster, fire, theft, and all of those things. So, if you don't have them backed up anywhere, it's a serious problem.
0: You know, and it often doesn't seem like a major issue until you realize that when you need these documents, they're not available at all, and then suddenly it becomes a problem. Yeah, it, it becomes a problem most especially in disciplinary ethics, where the employees of the
1: view or obviously. Always view that this employee does have a owning progressive discipline was followed, but there is no physical document to show that. And obviously that means that employee gets away with it. An employment contract, again, Department of Labor comes from an inspection. The employers are in license that only employment contracts because wherever they were, either they broke in or something happened to them. So, I mean, there are many examples we can give, but I think the fundamental point here is make sure all your documents are picked up. And we advise also that have a cloud-based system where you backup all your documents.
0: Absolutely. So then the server on a cloud-based system is off-site, so it cannot be damaged with, say, for instance, a fire that you had at your workplace. Yes. So there we go. There's our second top tip, just to ensure that all your data is protected and saved in an appropriate manner that you are able to then retrieve it fairly easily. So our third top tip is stay open to seeking new forms of talent. Often you simply think you have the skills already in the workplace that are going to assist you and run you, your business effectively. But you may be closing yourself off to potential new talent and new new prosperities that may exist with staff. So we are suggesting that we find a, a channel that allows that communication to flow fairly freely. And we've suggested that having, for instance, a footer on your website or an emailing link that allows potential new candidates to, to get in touch with you and send their CVs through to you. we suggest that you have something of that nature to try and keep the flow of potential candidates coming in. Uh, yes Ryan uh, I think in, investing in, in
1: talent will also include you know attracting that same same talent. Uh, investing in talent means retaining your current employees and also trying to attract other potential employees from elsewhere. So perhaps uh, people that visit your, your website sending you a CV can also be a good way of attracting and also perhaps maybe uh, investing in better time. Because uh, sometimes people visit your website, they like what they see, they like the work in environment that is perhaps displayed there on, on the website. Some of them might be interested in perhaps knowing more or maybe working for you and there isn't anything perhaps on your website that will actually interest them in a, in a way to send their
0: CVs. And there's value in having a diverse set of skills coming into your business. It's not always the -the run-of-the-mill, standardized uh, model employee that may be the one that works. Sometimes fresh eyes and a new talent may just boost your business. Yeah, I mean,
1: it is also a cheaper way instead of going through a recruitment specialist to find talent for you. Sometimes you can just attract the talent by having a way for them to communicate with you or
0: come in into your business. So there you go. There's our third tip for you today to find a novel way of... Creating that communication channel to allow for those the, the potential talent, uh, t- talented employees to, to get in contact with you. The fourth step we're going to discuss today is your disciplinary code and how important it is. Updating it and distributing it is vital in pilot.
1: I think it's crucial to say the least. Uh, we, we touched on this updating and obviously ensuring you have the correct documents with the employment contract. So i also advise that you know employers should perhaps consider when employees sign the employment contract that they also sign the disciplinary code. I mean in some instances they might argue after updating it it's a bit, you know, it's not practical for me to have each of my grand staff members sign the employment contract, the disciplinary code. But if they sign it at the beginning when they were right, employed with the employment contract, it makes it a bit easy. Of course, if you're going to now update it, you know, you might again say but you know, having to go to every person to have them sign. Might be a waste of paper and all of that, but unfortunately, when it comes to disciplinary hearing, we need to see or we need to we need to actually prove that this employee was aware of this disciplinary code. So once you, you update it, try and make sure each and every employee signs. If not, find an alternative way of ensuring that this particular employees cannot later come and say, "But I didn't know of this disciplinary code."
0: A disciplinary code of conduct effectively creates a rule within the workplace yes. and. You can only take disciplinary action against an employee when there's an established rule in that group. So how does one establish a rule? There's a variety of ways of doing it, as you indicated correctly Bart. At the inception of the employee signing his contract, he can sign a copy of his code of conduct. But there are a variety of other ways of bringing it to the employee's attention. Often, most companies have meetings in the mornings or once a month where certain aspects of working environment are discussed. And you can indicate in the minutes that the the code of conduct has been updated to include three, four more different disciplinary codes or or offenses for that matter. And then the employees will simply sign that they attended that meeting and the minutes of that meeting serve to support that they attended and were informed of that new disciplinary code being updated or a new disciplinary code being uh, implemented entirely. So you can do it in a variety of ways. And I, and I do understand that often with a large complement of staff, it's not always practical to have 300 people come in and sign a contract for the day. But it's quite easy to discuss it at a meeting where one individual presents that code of conduct. Minutes are then kept. A, a, an agenda is then supporting that that, that aspect was, was discussed. And they've signed that they attended the meeting. Then that will serve as sufficient proof to indicate that that employee is fully aware of that code of conduct. Yes, right. I think uh, employers need to go through every means possible to
1: ensure that uh, their employees are aware of the disciplinary code. Like you said, an attendance register indicating what the agenda for the meeting was can also, you know, work in favor of the employer. They can also ensure that you know employees are trained on the on the disciplinary code displayed where employees have common access to, you know, their local room, wherever they gather for lunch or you know if they they second din a place like, like that so that if in future employees, if but I did sign uh, the attendance register but I didn't actually see then you as the employer can actually just go to the convenience, but it has been placed here for everyone to read.
0: Absolutely. So that's our next top tip. Number four is to ensure that your code of conduct is kept up to date and crucially your staff are fully aware of that code of conduct being implemented within the workplace so that they are fully aware when they are committing forms of misconduct and you can take appropriate action on it. The next step we're going to discuss is reconsidering your, your value in, in, in the company. In other words, how do you value your employees? What, what does an employer want to do to ensure that the employees are one productive, but also happy in the environment within which they operate?
1: Yeah, I think uh, this is for the employer to sustain or whatever attracted the employees to their business to ensure that uh, those employees continue to, to have the same feelings with regards to their time there. You know, you don't want to, to have a working environment where people are not happy because that then equals uh, the fact that they are not being productive. So happy employees are productive employees. Employers need to look into ways, invest in ways in which they can ensure that they, they've got talent re- retention, maybe have policies with regard to that, how do they retain talent ensure they are competitive in the sense of the benefits that they might give to their employees. I mean, like I said, and I'm going to repeat myself, that happy employees are productive employees.
0: almost goes to that Richard Branson model where he indicates that if you keep your staff happy, they'll take care of your clients. Yes.
1: I think there he summarized it perfectly that your employees take care of your clients, you take care of your employees.
0: So. Every business is unique and operationally has different requirements. So owners of businesses or directors of businesses will required to now do a bit of research to see what are the global trends within which uh, staff are being sort of motivated and kept happy in the working environments and, and look at maybe a couple of those being implemented. Yeah,
1: I think uh, they need to invest in that, find time, do the research. If they need to bring in specialists into the business, then they need to do that.
0: Absolutely. So that's our fifth top tip for today to boost your HR is to value your employees and look at ways of keeping them happy and showing them that you do value. them. So just to recap on the five things to boost your HR, number one... Sort out your employment contracts. Yes, Ryan. Continue from there. Back up your data and files to the cloud. And then keep communication channels open where you allow for prospective new candidates and talent to come into your business. Yes. And then also update and distribute your disciplinary code to your employees. And then find novel ways of keeping your staff happy and value them. So until next time. Okay. Thank you, Ryan. See you on the next one.